0: Chapter nine of Andrew the Glad by Maria Thompson Davies This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Chapter nine Pursuing the Possum And as if in sympathy with the heart of the pursued possum the thermometer began to fall in the afternoon and by night had established a clear cold windless condition of weather the start for the cliffs was to be made from the fork in the river road where cars horses traps and hampers were to be left with the servants who by half-past nine were already in an excited group around a blazing dry oak fire over which two score plump birds were ready to be roasted attended by the autocratic tempe jeff piled high with brush a huge log whose heart was being burned out for the baking of sundry potatoes while the aroma from the barbecue pit was maddening to even a ten o'clock appetite and no estimate could be made of what damage would be done after the midnight return from the trail of the wily tree fruit david kildare as usual was m f h and his voice rang out as clearly against the tall pines while he welcomed the cars and traps full of excited hunters as if he had not been speaking in a crowded hall for an hour or two mrs cherry lawrence arrived early accompanied by the distinguished suffragist who was as alert for sensations new as if she had been one of an exploration party into the heart of darkest africa they were attended by tom and also the suave hobson who was all attentions but whose maneuvers in the direction of caroline dara were pitiably fruitless he was seconded in his attentions to the stranger by david with his most fascinating manner and mrs cherry sparkled and glowed at him with subdued witchery while tom sulked close at her side polly and young boston had trailed mrs buchanan's car on horses and phoebe was intent on pinning up the debutante's habit skirt to a comfortable scramble length billy bob fairly bubbled over with glee and milly who had come to assist mrs matilda in overlooking the preparations for the feast for the returned hunters was already busy assembling hampers and cases on a flat rock over behind the largest fire her anxious heart was at rest about her nestlings for caroline's maid annette had gone french-mad over the babies and had begged the privilege of keeping mammy betty company in her watch beside the cots
1: come here caroline child
0: called david from behind the farthest fire
1: let me look at you seems to me you are in for a good freezing
0: and he drew her into the light of the blaze she was kilted and booted and coated and belted in the most beautifully and wholly correct attire for the hunt that could possibly have been contrived that is for a sedate cross-country bird-stalk or a decorous trap-shooting but for a long night's scramble over the frozen ground she was insufficiently clad the other girls all wore heavy golf skirts and coats and were muffled to their eyes even the big bug lady wore a knitted comforter high round her throat without doubt caroline would have been in for a cold deal if david had not been more than equal to any occasion
1: here andy skin out of that sweater and get into that extra buckskin in my electric
0: he said and forthwith began without ceremony to assist andrew severe in peeling off a soft white high-collared sweater he wore and in less time than it took to think he had slipped it over caroline's protesting head pulled it down around her slim hips almost to where her kilts met her boots and rolled the collar up under her eyes then he immediately turned his attention to the arrival of the mongrel sleuths each accompanied by a white toothed negro of renowned coon fighting possum catching proclivities, whom he had assembled from the old harpeth to lead the hunt, thus leaving Caroline and Andrew alone for the moment on the far side of the fire. Indeed, I'm not going to have your sweater, she protested, beginning to divest herself of the borrowed garment, but not knowing exactly how to crawl out of its soft embrace.
2: Please, oh please do
0: he exclaimed quickly, and as he spoke he caught her hand away that had begun to tug at the collar. I wouldn't keep it for the world, and have you cold, but I can't get out. She answered with a laugh. Please show me, or call for help. And as she pleaded, Andrew Severe towered beside her, tall and slender, while the cold breeze with its pine-laden breath ruffled his white shirt-sleeves across his arms caroline dara in the embrace of his clinging apparel was a sight that sent the blood through his veins at a rate that warred with the winds and his eyes drank deeply the color mounted under her eyes and with the unconsciousness of a child she nestled her chin in the woolly folds about the neck as she turned her face from the firelight well then get david's coat from the car she pleaded
2: will you stand back in the shadow of that tree until i do
0: he asked he had caught across the fire a glimpse of the rest of hobson and a sudden mad desire prompted him to snatch this one joy from fate come what would just a few hours with her under the winter stars when life seemed to offer so little in the count of the years why yes of
3: course
0: did you think i would dare go out in the dark alone without you and her joyous ingenuous casting of herself upon his protection was positively poignant hurry please because i don't want anybody to find me before you come after which request it took him very little time to run across the lot and vault the fence into the road where the electric stood It's so uncertain how things arrange themselves sometimes, some places. She remarked to herself as she caught sight of the movements of the foiled Hobson, whose search had now become an open maneuver. Suddenly she laid her cheek against the arm of the sweater and sniffed it with her delicate nose. Yes, there was the undeniable fragrance of the Major Sevenoaks heart-leaf. He steals the tobacco, too she again remarked to herself as she caught sight of him skirting the fires as he returned just at this moment a pandemonium of yelps barks bays and yells broke forth up the ravine and declared the hunt on
1: everybody follow the dogs and keep within hearing distance we'll wait for the trailers to come up when we tree before we shake down
0: shouted david as with one accord the whole company plunged into the woods away from the fire the starlight which was beginning to be reinforced by the glow from a late old moon was bright enough to keep the rush up the ravine over log and boulder through tangle and across open a not too dangerous foray the first hurdle was a six rail fence that snaked its way between a frozen meadow and a wood slot david stationed himself on the far side of the lowest and strongest panel and proceeded to swing down the girls whom hob and tom persuaded to the top rail the champion for the rights of women took long and much assistance for the mount and entrusted her somewhat bulky self to the strong arms of david kildare with a feminine dependence that almost succeeded in cracking those stalwart supports polly climbed two rails put her hand on the top and vaulted like a boy almost into the embrace of young massachusetts and together they raced after the dogs who were adding tumult to the hitherto pandemonium of the hot trail tom cantrell managed mrs cherry most deftly and seemed anxious to direct david in the landing though she was most willing to trust it entirely to him after hurrying phoebe to the top rail he vaulted lightly to the side of david and departed in haste taking the reluctant widow with him by main force phoebe perched herself on the top of the fence which brought her head somewhat above the level of david's and seemed in no hurry to descend in order to be at the shake-down which from the shouts and yelps seemed imminent
1: ready or want to rest a minute
0: asked david gently but his eyes looked past hers and there was the shadow of reserve in his voice no answered phoebe but you must
3: be tired so i'll just slip down
0: and she essayed to cheat him with the utmost treachery david neither spoke nor looked at her directly but took her quietly in his arms and swung her to the ground beside him now this was not the first pursuit of the possum that had been attended by phoebe in the company of david kildare and she was prepared for the audacious hint of a squeeze with which he usually took his toll and with which she always ignored utterly with reproving intent the more reproving on the one or two occasions when she had been tempted into yielding to the caress for the remotest fraction of a second but for every snub in the fence events that had been pulled off between them in the past years david was fully revenged by the impassive landing of phoebe on the dry and frozen grass at his side revenged and there was something over that was cutting into her adamant heart like a two-edged marble saw but phoebe had been born a thoroughbred and it was head up and run as she saw in a second so she smiled up at him and said in a perfectly friendly tone
3: i really don't think we'd better wait for caroline and andrew do let's hurry for they've treed and i think those dogs will go mad in a moment
0: and together they disappeared in the woodland around a tall tree that stood on the slope of the hill they found a scene that was uproar rampant five maddened dogs gazed aloft into the gnarled branches of the persimmon king and danced and jumped to the accompaniment of one another's insane yelps a half-dozen negro boys were in the same attitude and state of mind and the tension was immense polly gasped and giggled and the suffrage lady almost became entangled with the waltzing dogs in her endeavor to sight the quarry
1: there he am
0: exclaimed the blackest satyr and he pointed to one of the lower limbs, from which there hung by the tail the most pathetic little bunch of bristles imaginable.
2: Let me shake down, Mr. David. I found them.
0: All right, shin up, but mind the limbs, answered David.
1: And you, Jake, get the dogs in hand. We want to take home possums, not
0: full dogs. And like an agile ape, the darky swung himself up and out on the low limb.
2: Here he come
0: he shouted and ducked to give a jerk that shook the whole limb the dogs danced and polly squealed while the rotund lady managed to step on young back bay's toes and almost forgot to beg pardon but mr possum hung on by his long rat-tail with the greatest serenity
2: buck
1: up dar nigger shake dat whole tree dis here ain't no cakewalk
0: one of his confreres yelled and the sally was caught with a loud guffaw thus urged the darky braced himself and succeeded in putting the whole tree into a commotion at the height of which there was a crash and a scramble from the top limb and in a second a ball of gray fur descended on his woolly head knocked him off his perch and crashed with him to the ground then there ensued a raging battle in which were involved five dogs a long darky and a ring-tailed streak of coon lightning which whirled and bit and scratched itself free and plunged into the darkness before the astonished hunters could get more than a glimpse of the melee. "Coon coon!" yelled the negroes and scattered into the woods at the heels of the discountenanced dogs. Mister Possum saved by the stiff fight put up by his ring tailed wood brothers had taken this opportunity of unhanging himself and departing into parts unknown, perhaps a still more wily citizen after his threatened extinction. In a few minutes from up the hill came another tumult, and jake raised a long shout of
2: two possums
0: which served to hasten the scramble of the rest of the party through the underbrush to a breathless pace another gray ball hung to another limb and this time the derisive jake succeeded in the shake-down and the bagging amid the most breathless excitement it was a sight to see the sophisticated little animal lie like dead and be picked up and handled in a state of seeming lifeless rigidity a display of self-control that seemed to argue a superiority of instinct over reason after this opening event the hunt swept on with a rapidly mounting count and a heavier and heavier bag and too it was just as well that no one in particular save the defrauded hobson who was obliged to conceal his chagrin was especially mindful of the whereabouts of caroline and the poet in fact it would have been difficult for them to have located themselves in answer to a wireless inquiry andrew had started out from the hiding-tree with the intention of cutting across the trail of the hunters at right angles a little up the ravine and he had trusted to a six-year-old remembrance of the lay of the land as he led the way across the frosty meadow and up the ridge at a brisk pace caroline swung lightly along beside him and in the matter of fences took polly's policy of a hand up and then a high vault which made for practically no delay they skirted the tangle of buck bushes and came out on the edge of the cliff just as the hunt swept by at their feet and on up the creek bed they were both breathless and tingling with the exertion of their climb
2: there they go left behind no catching them
0: exclaimed andrew
2: no possum for you and this is your hunt i'm most awfully sorry
0: "'Don't you suppose they will save me one?' asked Caroline composedly, and as she spoke she walked to the edge of the bluff and looked down into the dark ravine interestedly.
2: "'You don't want the possum, child. You want to see it caught. The negroes get the little beasts. It's the bagging that's the excitement.'
0: Andrew rewarded her with amused interest. "'I don't seem to care to see things caught,' she answered i'm always sorry for them i would let them all go if i got the chance all caught things a little crackle in the bushes at her side made her move nearer to him
2: i believe you would release any caught thing if you could
0: he said with a note of bitterness in his voice that she failed to detect a cold wind swept across the meadow and he swung around so his broad shoulders screened her from its tingle Her eyes gazed out over the valley at their feet. This is the edge of the world, she said softly. Do you remember your little verses about the death of the stars? She turned and raised her eyes to his. We are holding a death watch beside them now, as the moon comes up over the ridge there.
3: When I read the poem, I felt breathless to get out somewhere high up and away from things
0: and watch
2: i was high up when i wrote them
0: (laughs) answered andrew with a laugh
2: look over there on the hill see those two old locusts they are fern palms and those scrub oaks are palmettos the white frost makes the meadow a lagoon and this rock is the pier of my bridge where i came out to watch one night to test the force of a freshet Over there, the light from Mrs. Matilda's fires, is the construction camp, and beyond that hill is my bungalow. That's the same old moon that's rising relentlessly to murder the stars again. Do you want to stay and watch the tragedy or hunt?
0: Without a word, Caroline sank down on the dried leaves that lay in a drift on the edge of the bluff. Andrew crouched close beside her to the windward, and the ruthless old moon that was putting the stars out of business by the second was not in the least abashed to find them gazing at her, as she blustered up over the ridge, round and red with exertion. Were you alone, on that pier? asked Caroline, with the utmost nadte as she snuggled down deeper into the collar of the sweater. I'm
2: generally alone, in most ways,
0: answered Andrew, the suspicion of a laugh covering the sadness in his tone.
2: I seem to see myself going through life alone. Until something happens,
0: quick. The bitter note sounded plainly this time and cut with an ache into her consciousness. I've been
3: a little lonely, too. Always. Until
0: just lately. And now I don't feel that way at all. She looked at him thoughtfully, with moonlit eyes that were deep like sapphires.
3: I wonder why.
0: Andrew Sevier's heart stopped dead still for a second and then began to pound in his breast as if entrapped, for the moment his voice was utterly useless, and he prayed helplessly for a meed of self-control that might aid him to gain a sane footing. Then just at that moment the old genie of the forests, who gloats through the seasons over the myriads of wooings that are carried on in the fastness of his green woods, sounded a long, low, guttural groan that rose to a blood-curdling shriek, from the branches just above the head of the moon madman and girl for an instrument he used the throat of an enraged old owl, perturbed by the intrusion of the noise of the distant hunt and the low-voiced conversation on his wonted privacy and the experienced ancient succeeded in precipitating the crisis of the situation with magical promptness for caroline sprang to her feet turned with a shudder, and buried her head in Andrew's hunting coat, somewhere near the left string for cartridge loops. She clung to him in abject terror.
2: "'Sweetheart!'
0: he exclaimed, giving her a little shake.
2: "'It's only a cross, old owl. Don't be frightened.'
0: And he raised her cheek against his own and drew her nearer. But Caroline trembled and clung and seemed unable to face the situation. Andrew essayed further reassurance, by turning his head until his lips pressed a tentative kiss against the curve of her chin.
2: He can't get you,
0: he entreated, and managed a still closer embrace.
3: Is he still
0: there? came in a muffled voice from against his neck, where Caroline had again buried her head at a slight crackling from the dark branches overhead.
2: I think he is, bless him
0: answered Andrew, and this time the kiss managed a landing on the warm lips under the eyes raised to his. And then ensued several breathless moments, while the world reeled around, and the vital elemental force that is sometimes cruel, sometimes kind, turned the wheel of their universe.
3: I'm not frightened any more
0: Caroline at last managed to say, as she prepared to withdraw, not too decisively, from her strong armed refuge.
2: He's still there
0: warned andrew severe with a happy laugh and caroline yielded again for a second then drew his arms aside thank you i'm not afraid any more of anything she said laughing into his eyes and i really think
3: we had better try to get back to camp and supper for i don't hear the dogs any longer we don't want to be lost like the babes in the woods and left to die
2: out here do we are you sure we haven't gone and stumbled into heaven anyway
0: demanded andrew he then proceeded to roll the collar of her sweater higher about her ears and to pull the long sleeves down over her hands he even bent to stretch the garment an inch or two nearer the tops of her boots are you cold he demanded anxiously for a stiff wind had risen and blew upon them with icy breath not a single bit she answered submitting herself to his anxious ministrations in her most engaging six-going-on-seven manner then she caught one of his fumbling hands in hers and pressed it to her cheek for a moment now she said we
3: can never be lonely any more can we
0: I'm going to race you down the hill, across the meadow and over three fences to supper. And before he could stay her, she had flitted through the bushes and was running on before him, slim and fleet. He caught her in time to swing her over the first fence and capture an elusive caress. The second barrier she vaulted and eluded him entirely, but from the top of the last she bent and gave him his kiss as he lifted her down. In another moment they had joined the circle around the crackling fire where they were greeted with the wildest hilarity and overwhelmed with food and banter
1: did you people ever hear of the man who bought a fifty-dollar coon dog took him out to hunt the first night almost cried because he thought he had lost him down a sinkhole hunted all night for him came home in the daylight and found the pup asleep under the kitchen stove
0: demanded david as he filled two long glasses with a simmering decoction from which rose the aroma of baked apples, spices, and some of the Major's eighty-six corn-heart.
1: Caroline is the point of my little story. Have you two been sitting in Mrs. Matilda's car, or mine, or did you roost for a time on the fence over there in the dark?
0: Please, David, please hush, and give me a bird and a biscuit. I'm hungry, answered Caroline, as she sank on a cushion beside Mrs. Buchanan. According to the
3: ink-slingers of
1: all times, you ought not to be. But Andy has already got outside of two sandwiches, so I suppose you are due one small bird. That cake is grand, beautiful. I put it away to eat all by myself tomorrow. Andrew Severe doesn't need any. He wouldn't know a cake from a corn bone. He's moonstruck.
0: Just at this point, a well-aimed pinecone glanced off David's collar, and he settled down to the business in hand which was the disposal of a bursting and perfectly hot potato handed fresh from the coals by the attentive jeff and it was more than an hour later that the tired hunters wended their way back to the city polly was so sleepy that she could hardly sit her horse and was in a subdued and utterly fascinating mood with which she did an irreparable amount of damage to the stranger within her gates as she rode along the moonlit pike and for which she had later to make answer the woman's champion dozed in the tonneau and only david had the spirit to sing as they whirled along hadn't phoebe stirred the sugar into his cup of coffee and then in an absolutely absent-minded manner tasted it before she had come around the fire to hand it to him it had been a standing argument between them for years as to man's right to this small attention which they both teased mrs matilda for bestowing upon the major it was an insignificant inconsequent little ceremony in itself but it fired a train in david's mind made for healing the wound in his heart and brought its consequences another reconstruction campaign began to shape its policy in the mind of david kildare which had to do with the moulding of the destiny of the high-headed young woman of his affections rather than with the amelioration of conditions in his native city So, high and clear, he sang the call of the Mockingbird, with its ecstasies and its minors. But late as it was, after he had landed his guests at their doors, he had a long talk over the phone with the clerk of his headquarters, and sent a half-dozen telegrams before he turned into his room. When he switched on his lights, he saw that Andrew stood by the window looking out into the night. His face was so drawn and white as he turned that David started and reached out to lay a hand on his shoulder.
2: "'Dave,' he said, "'I'm a blackguard and a coward. Don't touch me.'
0: "'What is it,
2: Andrew?'
0: asked David, as he laid his arm across the tent's shoulders.
2: "'I thought I was strong and dared to stay. Now I know I'm a coward and couldn't go. I'll have to sneak away and leave her, hurt."
0: His voice was low and toned with an unspeakable scorn of himself. Andy, asked David as he swung him around to face him.
1: Was Caroline Dara too much for you and the moon?
2: There's nothing to say about it, David, nothing. I've only made it hard for her and killed myself for myself forever. She's a child and she'll forget. You'll see to her, won't you?
1: What
0: are you going to do now? "'asked David sternly.
2: "'Cut and run. Cowards always do,'
0: answered Andrew bitterly.
2: "'I'm going to stay and see you through this election, "'for it's too late to turn the press matters over to anyone else. "'And I'm going to pray to find some way to make it easier for her before I leave her. "'I'm afraid some day she'll find out and not
0: understand why I went.'
1: "'Why do you go, Andrew?'
0: asked david as he faced his friend with compelling eyes
1: if it's pride that takes you better give it up it's deadly for you both for she's more of a woman than you think she'll suffer
2: david do you think she would have me if she knew what i put aside to take her and his millions could peters brown's heiress ever have anything but contempt for me when it comes to her she must understand and not think i held it against her
1: tell her andrew let her decide it's her right now
0: never answered andrew passionately she is just beginning to lose
2: some of her sensitiveness among us and this is the worst of all the things she has felt were between her and her people it is the only thing he covered and hid from her i'll never tell her I'll go, and she will forget.
0: In his voice there was the note of finality that is unmistakable from man to man. He turned toward his room as he finished speaking.
1: Then, boy,
0: said David, as he held him back for a second in the bend of his arm, a tenderness in his voice and clasp.
1: Go if you must, but we've three days yet. The gods can get mighty busy in that many hours if they pull on a woman's side, which they always do. Good night.
0: End of chapter 9